Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, hyphen posts on Tumblr, also at the Lady of Tarth on Twitter, joined with Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. Well, welcome both. We are covering Eddard 10 from A Game of Thrones. Um, just a heads up. Uh, we do spoil everything and uh, trigger for potential uh, violence or rape discussion. Um, so we have uh, Ned in the middle of a dream, uh, and he's thinking of you know the men in his youth who rode with him to the old broken tower, or the Tower of Joy, as it was called by Rhaegar. These men were Martin Castle, uh, Theo Wool, Ethan Glover, Mark Risewell, Howland Reed, and Lord Dustin all shadowy figures in his dream and it was the other men are not um, they are the three king's guards he can see them crystal clear he's got sir arthur dane oswell went and lord commander gerald hightower um let's see i have just like i kind of is really nice language so i kind of I, I don't know i like the back and forth so i'm going to read just a little bit from the beginning of this chapter I looked for you on the trident, Ned said to them. We were not there, Sir Gerald answered. Woe to the usurper if we had been, said Sir Oswell. When King Landings fell, Sir Jamie slew your king with a golden sword, and I wondered where you were. Far away, Sir Gerald said, or Eris would yet sit the iron throne, and our false brother would burn in the seven hells. I came down on Storm's End to lift the siege, Ned told them, and the lords Tyrell and Redwine dipped their banners, and all the knights bent the knee to pledge us fealty. I was certain you would be among them. Our knees do not easily bend, said Sir Arthur Dane. Sir Willem Darius fled to Dragonstone with your queen and Prince Viserys. I thought you would have sailed with them. Sir Willem is a good man and true, said Sir Oswell, but not of the King's Guard, Sir Gerald pointed out. The King's Guard does not flee. Then or now, said Sir Arthur, he donned his helm. We swore an oath, explained old Sir Gerald. Ned's wraiths moved up beside him, with shadow swords in hand. They were seven against three. And now it begins, said Sir Arthur Dane, the sword of the morning. He unsheathed on and held it with both hands. The blade was pale as milk glass, alive with light. No, Ned said with sadness in his voice, now is now it ends. And... They came together in a rush of steel and shadow. He could hear Lyanna screaming, Eddard, she called. A storm of rose petals blew across a blood-streaked sky, as blue as the eyes of death. Lord Eddard, Lyanna called again. I promise, he whispered, Leah, I promise. Lord Eddard, a man echoed from the dark. And this is when we get Ned waking up. So do you think that this is, I mean, this is a dream, but is this what actually happened? Like, did they... Because I, I am always a bit troubled by okay, these three, the three kings guard are there because John in their mind, John's the rightful king, but you know, that is John's uncle. Is the outcome of this like we're gonna fight against the king's uncle? And you know, 
the king's mom's beloved brother because he's a danger to the king. Like it doesn't make, it's never made any sense to me that this would, that the outcome would be violence and not like, Hey, Ned, your sister and Rhaegar were married and this infant is the new king and we're protecting him. Cool. <laughs> like, here's your <laughs> yeah, nephew. Every time I read it, I have that same thought. Like, can we not just explain what's going on here? Yeah. Wouldn't that I mean, be amazing lady- if that's how it actually went down? But this is Ned, like how he... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so poetic, you know? But yeah, it's just like... Why is why is a a battle to the death the outcome here instead of like this is Liana's beloved brother, like wouldn't they? Yeah, I I never have understood why this is immediately you know a threat and not like oh my god now we have people that can save this child like here's a possibility for this child that we consider the king. Like, wouldn't this be welcome? Like, the one person they'd want to see, like, that wouldn't necessarily immediately kill him. Yeah, and if you're Ned, why is your first question not like, hey, what are you guys doing here? Like, what's going on? Right. Um, <laughs> Can I go see my sister? Cool. Like, what? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, this does get into one of our questions um, we have. Um, so, from Wax Paper Door on Reddit. Um, why did Rhaegar specifically choose Arthur Dane, Oswald Went, and Gerald Hightower, who was Lord Commander, to stay at the Tower of Joy with Elliot? Um, not Elliot. What's her name? Liana. Liana. Yes. <laughs> I was like, wait, did I miss something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was reading it and I was like, wait. Okay, yeah, with Liana. Um, do you have any ideas or speculation as to how Rhaegar persuaded them to essentially abandon their posts? but have the cheek to call Jamie a false brother. Um, Tinfoil, is there any connection between Ned dreaming of his friends on their way to deal with Rhaegar's best pals as Grey Race on Horses Made of Mist and Jamie seeing Rhaegar as crowned in mist, with his brothers of the Kingsguard also described as having ribbons of mist swirled back from their shoulders? Is it because they are similarly haunted by the past, or is it just the nature of dreams? Or the loss of people in history described as fading away? Or is George just really into that image? I was just going to say, I think George is just really into with mist. George is just into it? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I think the Kingsguard didn't abandon their post here. They, because right. at this, th- this point, you know, they perceive that they're protecting the king. And I guess, like, maybe Rhaegar hedged his bets a little bit because he had, you know, Egan and Rainey's in King's Landing. And then his other wife and kid in Tower of Joy, which really, you can't say that in any way that doesn't make Rhaegar sound like, like the world's biggest douchebag, really. Uh, like, Rhaegar, yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, what a tool. <laughs> <laughs> they could, like, things just could have been done so much better. You know who would wear an Ed Hardy vest with Always a dragon on it? <laughs> Rhaegar. Rhaegar. <laughs> yep. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Ned wakes up. Uh, his leg is uh, splinted and plastered, and he's a st- he's in the Tower of the Hand. Vion Poole holds, you know, a cup of water out to him, and uh, it's he's told it's been six days and seven nights since he's awoken. And is that that Anne Hayes Harrison Ford movie? <laughs> what? It's like an Anne Hayes Harrison Ford movie, Six Days and Seven Nights. Anyway, I don't is trust. that a, I don't know that one. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. 
So let's see. Uh, the king had demanded that Ned be brought to him as soon as he awakes. But like Ned's like, I am. Tell him I'm too weak. You can tell him if he wants to see me, he can come here. Uh, Alan, who is now the new captain of his guard, informs him that the king slayer has fled the city, and everybody is talking about what Catelyn has done with taking Tyrion. Uh, Sans has been by his side praying. Arya, she's she's gone to anger. She's. Alan tells Ned, you know, he's never seen such anger in a girl. Uh, Jory Castle's body and the rest have all been sent north to, um, I guess, be buried with their families. And uh, Ned thinks of Jory's father, Martin, who had died with him at the tower, uh, who had died at the Tower of Joy. Um, at this site, he had built eight cairns from the stones because um, he had it torn down after and, I guess, built these cairns. Only Ned and Howland Reed were the ones that had were able to ride away in the end. Ned thinks of his dream and, you know, he thinks, I can't bode well that I'm thinking of this now. <laughs> You'd be right, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> Very right. Um, Go ahead. Oh, so I was going to say, there's another question here. Um, from Breathing Time Machine on Discord. Um, how do you think um, Jamie and Ned's views of Arthur Dane differ? Does Ned or Jamie have the better interpre- interpretation of who Arthur was? Also, we know Arthur helped train Jamie, was one of the best swordsmen to ever live. It seems unlikely Ned would have actually defeated him in single combat. What do you think actually happened? Did Ned act dishonorably? Was magic involved? Something else? Hmm. Well, they had him outnumbered. And I mean, like the people that Ned were with weren't scrubs, you know. So it's just math. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, what I always figured is that like they were outnumbered. So I mean, eventually, no matter how good you are, what seven will overtake three? Yeah. yeah. Unless you're Brienne. Unless you're Brienne. <laughs> well, yeah, and even then, you know, she got pretty fucked and you up. Have and... No chance or no choice. Yeah, but I mean, I kind of feel like. Uh, Ned and Jamie probably both are, you know, little starstruck. I mean, just even Ned describing like Dawn. I mean, he's like all agog about it, you know, this many years later. Yeah, he's a rock star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he's horny about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's what he is. Hey, so I've got a question about Arya here. Um, you know, we have Arya turning to anger, and we know that Jamie's being blamed for the death of these men. So how come Jamie, why do you think Jamie never made Arya's list? Is it just because, like, ultimately, like, Arya's not going to kill Jamie? Like, Ar- like Jamie's not going to be your enemy, so George, like, is already seeding, like, yes, Jamie's let's go with that. Redemption? I like that. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> let's just go I mean, with it. <laughs> it doesn't really, you know, just given everyone else she has on the list, you know, why would she not have Jamie for, for this, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's like the others she's had personal interaction with, I think. I'm trying to think who's all on her list, right? Well, like Cersei, the Hound. Um, is Sir Gregor on it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe it's just she hasn't been around Jamie, but, you know. He never came to mind. Yeah. Or maybe she kind of has a girlish crush on him. <laughs> I, I don't. That's a bit of a stretch. He's so good looking. I mean, know? who doesn't? But like, really? Right. <laughs> right. He's so, well, I mean, think of all those women in the Riverlands who are just like, oh, I'd hide the Kingslayer. He's, you know. <laughs> Arya's not yeah, a Yeah, I do think it's just she's never met him or never been 
in close contact. Like she, he never did anything directly to her that she saw. Everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, okay. like, everyone else that's on her list. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Let's see. Um, so we have Robert uh, arriving uh, to the Tower of the Hand with Cersei. And, of course, he's you know got a big thing of wine in his hand, and he offers some to Ned, who takes a cup. Uh, he tells him just a small cup, though. His head is still heavy from milk of the poppy, and Cersei you know, replies, you're lucky to even have a head on your shoulders. And Robert tells her, quiet woman. Ned takes all the blame in Catelyn's seizure of Tyrion. Cersei demands to know by what right does he have to, you know, do they have the right to do this? Who does she, who does he think he is? And uh, he replies, the hand of the king, charged to keep the king's peace and justice. And she responds, you were the hand. Robert again tells her to be silent. Seven men are dead. How is this peace? He tells him he will command Catelyn to release Tyrion, and Ned will make peace with Jaime. Ned asks how he is to uh, forgive Jaime for the deaths of his men. Cersei defends Jaime, saying Ned came out with his men from a, you know, they were drunk, they were at a brothel, and they attacked her brother. Ned is like, you know me. This Does this sound like me? Ask <laughs> Littlefinger. <laughs> And uh, Littlefinger apparently reported that, you know, he didn't actually see the fight, so he doesn't have details there. But yes, Ned was at a brothel, some whorehouse. And that's what Ned is like, oh, some whorehouse, some whorehouse. And I just kind of selected the exchange. (laughs) Let's see. Uh, Okay, some whorehouse. Damn your eyes, Robert. I went there to have a look at your daughter. Her mother has named her Bara. She looks like the first girl you fathered when we were boys together in the Vale. He watched the queen as he spoke. Her face was a mask, still and pale, betraying nothing. Robert flushed. Bara. He grumbled. Is that supposed to please me? Damn the girl. I thought she had more sense. She cannot be more than fifteen and a whore. And you thought she had sense? Ned said incredulous. His leg was beginning to pain him sorely. It was hard to keep his temper. The fool child is in love with you, Robert. The king glanced at Cersei. This is no fit uh, subject for a queen's ears. Her grace will have no liking to anything I have to say, Ned replied. I am told the king's slayer has fled the city. Give me leave to bring him back to justice. The king swirled the cup in his hand, uh, the wine in his cup brooding he took a swallow no he said i want no more of this jamie slew three of your men and you five of his now it ends is that your notion of justice ned flared if so i am pleased that i am no longer your hand the queen looked to her husband if any man had dared speak to a targaryen as he has spoken to you do you take me for Ares? robert interrupted i took you for a king Jamie and Tyrion are your own brothers. By all the laws of marriage and bonds we share, the Stark have driven off the one and seize the other. This man dishonors you with every breath he takes, and yet you stand here meekly asking if his leg pains him. And would he like some wine? Robert's face was dark with anger. How many times must I tell you to hold your tongue, woman? Cersei's face was a study in contempt. With a jape, the gods have made the t- of us two, she said. By all rights, you ought to be in skirts and me in mail. Purple with rage, the king lashed out, a vicious backhanded blow to the side of the head. She stumbled against the table and fell hard. Yet Cersei Lannister did not cry out. Her slender fingers brushed her cheek, where the pale, smooth skin was already reddening. On the morrow, the bruise will cover half her face. 
I shall wear this as a badge of honor, she announced. Wear it in silence or I'll honor you again, Robert vowed. Oh, how Ooh. uncomfortable for Ned. Like, <laughs> Ned's probably like drinking literally all of that wine. Like, <laughs> like I can't, he can't move. Van <laughs> like, uh. pools in the corner actually literally drinking tea. <laughs> so Bara was actually on my list of names for a dog because I always thought it seemed like a good a good dog name. Dog name. By the way. Bara. 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 Um also, when like Cersei talks about, you know, Robert should be should wear the dress. I got like that flashback. Do you remember when there was a thing like Roberta Baratheon, the six foot six, uh, raven haired blue eyed beauty? <laughs> like how, how awesome Robert Roberta Baratheon would be. Roberta, because <laughs> uh, you know she would have been, you know, if Robert was a woman, she would have been married to Rhaegar. And, you know, that would have been Rhaegar's bride, Roberta Baratheon, six-foot-six raven-haired wench who who can drink any man under the table. Like, it would have been a horrible mismatch, but, like, Queen Roberta would have just been the best. Um, I'm all for Queen Roberta. Sounds like a hoot. I mean, like, all I could think about when uh, is... Like, shut up, Ned. Shut up, Ned. Like, why would he say this in front of Cersei? No, I mean, you know, given we wouldn't, we didn't know what was about right. to happen. But come on, you could have, you could have inferred. This is not a good idea. Not good info to give Cersei Lannister. Well, and it's just so funny that, you know, Cersei can bear, I mean, like, Cersei's really can't even pretend to be upset about that. Because how could she possibly mm-hmm. be? You know, she's more upset about the fact that, Robert's not disowning Ned in favor of Jamie, basically. Right. Like, that's her actual complaint. She doesn't give a shit who Robert has kids with at this point in their lives, mm-hmm. you know? And this is it, too. This is definitely, this This was it, I think, for her. Oh, I think he, getting, he's a dead like, man. Hit that, right. I mean, getting hit so much that her half of her face is going to be bruised. Like, yeah, I mean, that's like. Any hesitation she had was going to be out the window. Like there. I just imagine her leaving this room and then immediately, like, get me Lancel. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, yeah, leaving the room with like a big bruise and a smile on her face. Uh-huh. You know, like, okay, I'm free. I'm free to do this thing. I'm going to do. I mean, I kind of can't. I don't want to say blame her, but, you know, like, <laughs> right. I mean, they're terrible people. I mean, she's a terrible person, objectively. I mean, people that murder people when they're like 10 are terrible. He's a terrible person in this relationship with her. You know, he's terrible to her. You know, I don't think Robert's a terrible person, but I think he's a terrible husband, you know. But so, I mean, they bring out and they bring out the absolute worst in each other. Yeah, I don't know. The the shine and the love has gone off on Robert Baratheon for me, especially like, I mean, just with the Daenerys bit and like wanting to like send somebody out to murder her, and then this this scene with Cersei is brutal. Like, ah, yeah, I can't. <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, I can't from a from a Machiavellian perspective. I can't really blame him for wanting to get rid of Danny. I mean, it's not a pleasant thing, but you know, that would, 
I mean, it will turn know. out to be justified too when, you yeah. know, we, we just covered that Danny chapter where, you know, immediately it shows that she is calculating like, well, let's say you did have someone competent. Could it be pulled off? <laughs> and I mean, if the game, if, you know, season eight was, you know, reality, Robert would be justified in absolutely everything he ever tried to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. So we got Marin Trant is called to the room to take Cersei back to her quarters. And once um, Ned is alone with Robert, Ned, I mean, Robert just looks really just kind of sad and scared. And he says that he he should not have hit her and it was not kingly. He tells Ned that, you know, Rhaegar won. He killed him, but now he's with Lyanna and he's stuck with her. They hate each other. Well, and there's this line. I mean, and again, like, I, I am, I'm probably, I'm very much too much of a Robert sympathizer, but there's this, you know, how do you fight someone if you can't hit them? And that's, you know, Robert and Cersei in a nutshell right there. You know, like he. But he does care. He, <laughs> he does, right, right. Which is why, yeah, I mean, that's why I, you know, I have, like, as much, the shame Robert has in hitting Cersei is also the shame I have in genuinely liking Robert. So, it's not good. Hmm. So, let's see. Uh, Ned wants to speak more, but Robert is sick of all the talk. He lets Ned, though, that he's plans on hunting tomorrow morning, and they can talk more then. Ned reminds him that Robert ordered him back to Winterfell and that he no longer is the Hand. Uh, Rob throws the silver hand class back to Ned and Ned tries to talk about Daenerys, you know, because that's still a sticking point with him. He's like, yeah, it's very well and good. You want me back. But what about, you know, Daenerys and Rob just uh, Robert just shuts him down. And he's like, Ned responds, why do you want me to be hand if you aren't even going to listen to my counsel? And Robert says, why? Why not? Someone has to rule. He tells him to put the badge back on and never take it off again or he'll pin it to Jamie Lannister. I mean, oh, Jamie, <laughs> Jamie would just be so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, Jamie would be a good hand, though. I think. <laughs> not for absolutely not, not for, for Robert. Robert. Not for Robert. <laughs> no, oh like, but for some, yeah, future Jamie, sure. Shortly. Future yeah. Jamie, yeah, that's right. N- not Jamie at this point, that's for sure either. I don't think yeah. he'd. And if I'm Ned, I'm like. I mean, give it to Jamie. I can go back to the north and not be bothered. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, Jamie's not, yeah. What are they going to do? Come get like, me? Like, they're not like, coming north. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think it's because Ned knows that he can only push Robert so far, like, to just refuse, outright refuse. I think he knows that it's probably I mean, going to have some consequences. And Ned knows that Robert's life is in danger. But he's just not doing anything about it yet. So, I mean, I think that weighs on. Like, Ned loves Robert. I mean, I guess that comes down to that. Like, he still loves Robert. Yeah. Do we have any uh, mail for this episode? Yes, we do have some more mail. Um, to circle back to um, Breathing Time Machine's question where she asked about, or, well, he, they, I'm not sure. They asked about... Um, Jamie and uh, Ned's views of Arthur Dane. Well, Wyrette, um, she, following that question, um, how do you explain the apparently good relationship Ned has with House Dane? They should be angry at him for Arthur's death. 
I have nothing. I mean, I feel like bringing the sword back helped, maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. and, but then, you know, like, if we think Brandon got Ashara pregnant, then you got, like, one, you know, yeah, they really shouldn't like Hostark, which I think lends credence to maybe that There's the old more. dream, right, that old dream is not necessarily actually what happened, you know? Yeah. There's something more to this that we're missing. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay. Um, from Sir Bonifer, um, from email. Dear ladies and Devin, uh, about Bobby B's look what you made me do moment with Cersei. I feel a lot of sympathy for her. You can tell from her stoic reaction that being physically hurt by Robert is nothing new. But she pressed her case, even knowing that um, it's likely to result in a bruise that would cover half her face. And she has a legitimate case. Catelyn sees Tyrion without evidence and outside of the king's. Uh, and outside the king's justice system and then jamie goes confronts ned for what seems like no good reason at all um edard nine hasn't aired yet so i don't know how you feel about the incident but i don't understand why jamie goes through all the effort of finding ned to threaten his life but then backs down the moment ned makes the obvious counter threat cersei is lying about what ned did but she's doing it to try to climb out of the hole jamie has dug and better position her um house to respond to catelyn abducting Tyrion. Although I understand why Robert has been on the Kill Daenerys train, this scene is a good example of how much more complex and frankly gross book Robert is compared with show Robert. Um, you made me feel sympathy for Cersei, book Robert. Look what you made me do. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you made me do. <laughs> I mean, but Cat. I mean, but Cersei and Jamie know that they did actually like push Bran from the tower. <laughs> like they know that, like. And, you know, we don't have a POV from them to ever think like, oh, shit, does Cat think that, does you know, Kat know, yeah, does Cat, you know, did Bran tell Cat, you know, did Bran, they know Bran woke up. Oh, did Bran tell people like, so, I mean, from their perspective, Cat absolutely has a reason against them. She could. Yeah, she or could she have could. evidence. They, yeah. Yeah, she could. Yeah, they're working a little bit with uh, knowledge and what's out there and knowing that, you know, if Kat hasn't declared anything, then they are absolutely in the right stack the way they did. And if it comes out that, you know, this accusation is going to be made against them, they'll figure that out then. It's a little bit of a a game of chicken at this point. Who's going to threaten who to the point of, you know, a war, basically. It's very much they're on the brink of war. And I mean, part of me thinks, you know, in terms of like Jamie backing down and stuff, I mean, there's just a consistent, consistently in the story, Jamie is like taken off. He's, he's taken off the battlefield, if you will, at like critical moments so that he is not, you know, he's not around for Ned's beheading. He's not at Blackwater. He, you know, at the end of dance, he's basically taken out of if there's Red Wedding 2.0 or, you know, he's, he's not at river run when the red wedding happens. Like he's always removed from, he's removed from the big thing that's going to happen over and over and over again, because presumably at some point he is going to be the big thing that happens. And like, he's narratively saved time Mm -hmm. and time again. And this is just another one of those points where like Jamie's removed because he, he changes the equation if he's there so much. Like if Jamie's there when, Robert dies. I mean, what? 
you know, that does Renly, you know, what does Renly do? What is, you know, what? Yeah, it's like almost not believable that the gold cloaks would, that little finger could pay off the gold cloaks if Jamie's in King's Landing. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't see. Yeah, I can't see it going down. So he has to be, you know, it's like time and time again, he has to be gone because he's like too powerful of a character, which I realize like <laughs> there'd be so many people who'd roll their eyes at that statement. So roll. They're not listening to our podcast. Though, yeah, so. they speak yeah, freely. They're not here. The ones <laughs> yeah. who are rolling their eyes are not here. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's just it happens so often that I can't think of it any other way. Like Jamie is saved for something. That will never read. <laughs> I know I had something real lewd, uh-huh. <laughs> and I just sipped my lip. <laughs> <laughs> next, next mail. <laughs> okay, <laughs> from Amara Nandi on uh, Reddit. Um, what do you make of Ned returning to his job as the Hand, despite the fact that as yet Robert still plans on assassinating Danny? Fandom tends to give him a lot of credit for standing strong on this issue, yet in the end, he stays. I think the line about Jamie uh, about making Jamie hand is there to justify Ned staying, but it, it, it just reminds me of present-day presidential admins enabling the president because if they leave, someone worse will take over. Also, what do you make of Ned's lack of reaction, reaction to Robert hitting Cersei? Do you think he's pictured Liana in that position? Oh, Lord. No, I don't think he ever. I don't. I don't think he has at all. No. And I mean, I don't think he actually thinks Robert's going to name Jamie Hand of the King. Like, I don't think I think that's an that's not an actual an actual that's thing an that Robert's going to do. Right. It's more about what you said, Gar. I think Ned just is. It's still his friend. He loves his friend. Yeah. He's and he's got to see through what you know he's starting to uncover. Okay, and our last um, piece of mail here from Aruna on Tumblr. Hello, ladies and regular and occasional gents. Thank you for always making my Wednesdays better. Wednesdays better with your podcasts. I have a general question not related to any chapters. How do you think Tyrion will react to Brienne and her relationship to Jamie? On the one hand, he should get her. He should get her. On the other hand, uh, raging misogyny. <laughs> What's your take? I don't know that Tyrion could accept Jamie being happy in a in love. Like, because of Tisha. Like, I Tisha, don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. that he would. Like, how is he supposed to be like, oh, Jamie found his soulmate and they're happy. Like, yeah. I, ooh, Tyrion's not a person who's going to be able to get over his own bitterness about something that Jamie is, you know, partially responsible for, too. Like, ugh. I mean, how could anybody, like, do right. all fairness to Tyrion, too, right? But And I mean, that- I just. Does that mean Brienne's potentially in danger at some point later on down the road? I don't think so. I think, like, I just think, like, they, I think that Brienne would be, like, an alien to Tyrion because for all of the cynicism that Jamie thinks that he has, that's actually who Tyrion is. And so, like, the ways that Jamie and Brienne connect because of, like who they are is so similar deep down. Like Tyrion is not at all that person. And I don't know that he could see. I kind of don't know that he could see Brienne as anything other than like a fool, like all of the, Hmm. 
all of like her, not morals, but like her honor and the things that she holds dear. I just don't think that he sees them as realistic in the world. And I don't think he could ever get there. He's too cynical. Yeah, I think so. I don't know that he would dislike her. I think he would just be really bitter and just would never understand her. I mean, I don't I, th- I think the only, maybe the only, well, no, not even, I was going to say maybe like just he, at this point of where we, where we know Tyrion's mind is at, he's just, like you say, he's bitter. He's who knows, who knows if he, it seems to lessen. And you know how I just, and I was just reading, like I was reading forward in a game of Thrones and I got to the chapter after the whispering woods. And I was like, Oh, this is probably my favorite Tyrion chapter. Like I really like him here. But then I just, I don't think that in essence, Tyrion's, like Tyrion is not a person who's capable of being happy for someone else. Like he's kind, you know, he's, he's willing to defend Jamie when like people are ripping on Jamie for what happened at, in the Whispering Woods and at River Run. And when Jamie loses a hand, there's a sense of like, Tyrion's not entirely unhappy about that. You know, like he, he's more likely to sympathize when something bad happens to Jamie than he ever would be to be happy for Jamie when something good happens to for him. Like, mm-hmm. it's just not, not in him to, cause he, again, he's just so bitter. Like he can't yeah. feel happiness for other people like that. Yeah. I think that's really well said. That's um, clicked, clicked for me. Is that it for messages, Devin? Yes, that is all the mail. Okay, thank you. Um, thank you, everybody, for sending in your messages. Uh, we like getting them, so you can do that at, uh, by sending us more at and at gmail.com. You can uh, reach us on com. Follow us on Twitter, at Door Podcast. Um, consider liking, subscribing, or reviewing this podcast wherever you may listen. Um, also, maybe consider becoming a patron and uh, supporting us on Patreon. You get episodes early. And that's going to bring us to the end of this one. Oh, just, oh, just a note on um, a note on Patreon. You can also, for $50, get an episode request. And next month, we will actually be recording um, a special episode requested around the Baratheon Brothers. So just an FYI, um, we take those requests and actually fulfill them. <laughs> we do. So you can own us for a mere yes. $50. <laughs> yep, we're cheap. <laughs> We'll ramble on about anything your hearts desire. Yep. Doesn't even have to be a song of ice and fire. <laughs> we haven't. Yeah, we actually haven't had a request that's not a song of ice and fire. But I, I kind of feel like we would all take one. We so. probably would. We'd be like, oh, thank yeah. God, something else. No, joking. Yep, <laughs> as long as it's not like reading an entire book or something. Yeah, don't don't be crazy now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's it then. Thanks all. I'm closing the door. Get out.